Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us for yet another edition of the podcast. Pastor Corey, good to be back with you as always. Uh, yeah. So what's going on over there on your side of the building? It's good to be here, Tim. Um, well, it's it's kind of quiet over here, Tim. It's well, just nice. me and my little white pumpkin, oh. little miniature pumpkin. That's cute. Uh, a church friend gave me. Yeah, it's the fall season, Tim, I it think. Is. Yeah, I know you harvested some uh, pumpkins at your previous residence. Yeah, uh, a whole yeah. bunch. <laughs> a whole bunch. Right before you moved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably more than 100. Wow. I would think they were everywhere. So, yeah, and now they're in a big pile in my new front yard. Right. Uh, yeah. You're going to like give them away or just decorate with them or what? I think so. I am not in charge of the oh. pumpkins. So good point. Um, Tracy has some plans, I think maybe for Asher's class to receive some of them uh, around Halloween time. Cool. And I don't know about the rest though, because there are a ton. So mm. yeah. okay. like pumpkins are fun decorations and those little ones are, those are cool. Yeah. I like mini pumpkins, but I like big, big pumpkins because uh, I like pumpkin seeds, oven roasted oh. pumpkin seeds. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Do you put seasoning on them and stuff or just a classic like salt or nothing? Uh, well, I eat whatever my wife prepares. And I, oh, okay. now, <laughs> I think I, I, I do put them on the pan. I do do the scooping and stuff, but she makes things taste good. And I generally sure. eat the things. Yeah. Kind of like you probably pick some of the pumpkins, but you don't get to decide where the pumpkins go. Right. <laughs> yes. Similar situation. Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> I'm not allowed to spice anything but my own food that no one else gets to taste so yeah well i would I think, think it's that... johnny seasoning salt but i don't want to i don't want to oh yeah that would be good yeah i was just thinking you know you 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 like tabasco and stuff not is that the wrong one tabasco tabasco is not my favorite but i'll eat it it's, i'll eat it what's the one that's red hot Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could just imagine some kind of Cajun or spicy sort of pumpkin seeds that you would really like. Um, I think I would. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, not my call. Not your call. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, talk to Tina. See, see what oh, we, babe, do. we do not need to go there. <laughs> All right. What do we got on the docket for today? Uh, we're talking about um, what? We didn't pre-talk this, so I mean, we we haven't done. We're, we're not back in our. Let's just admit this to the audience: we're we're not in our podcast groove. It's it's not lost on us that we haven't been uh, doing our regular thing and you know knocking out one or two podcasts a week. Um, we're a little bit off our mojo. Our schedule has been um, filled with other things. To keep it very brief. Um, but we, we intend to keep doing this. But today we didn't even talk through uh, what we're going to talk about. So we're just going to wing it, I guess. huh? We're going to talk about the Bible. I know that. We always talk about that. And that could yeah. be the only thing we talk about, and that'd be okay. Maybe um, maybe that'd be fine. Maybe yeah. that'd be good. It yeah. probably would be. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Unless you have a joke. I don't have any jokes. Uh, I, I, 
you you probably have some though you're, you usually do well i've been reading a lot about health and science with all the things going on oh yeah and uh you know ants what's so funny about that tim Jeez. it's like you're t- it's like you're doing a tim joke where you kind of yeah you know story, you know so i found that uh ants don't get sick very often oh really you know why no why they have little antibodies. I think you froze. Are we frozen? Did you freeze? I think we. You, we fro- you it, it got really weird there for a minute. You froze. You froze on my end. Uh oh. Uh oh. Am well, I? Back? Anyway, you're back. Okay. Yeah. I'm connected to the wrong they have, for some reason. Um, they have little antibodies. Oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they heard the punchline because I don't know if the audio cut out. So this could be just terrible, terrible joke. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the scriptures. This Sunday, our our scripture is the raising of Lazarus. Um, if you haven't read that story, story spoiler alert: this guy named Lazarus was dead, and Jesus. Uh, raised him from the dead, uh, called him forth from the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. And uh, Lazarus came out. It's uh, kind of, it, it is an amazing story, kind of appropriate for October, maybe some people would say, where they, you know, they think of him as a mummy. He kind of comes out, you know, with a um, linen on him, wrapped and all that stuff. He's not actually a mummy. He's not been mummified, but he was dead. He was covered up and left as a dead body in a tomb. But yeah. but Jesus wanting to show the the power that he had and that he was the son of God uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. And so that's that's the story we have for today. And part of that story is that uh, Jesus interacts with uh, both of Lazarus's sisters, Martha and Mary. And as part of our story Sunday, we're going to see uh, Jesus interact with with Mary, um, who really loves Jesus, and just like Martha is is wondering, you know, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have had to die, right? And and but Lazarus does die, and so this is a a, a difficult story, and yet it ends on a very good note. We see, you know, Lazarus alive at the end of the story, and that raises all kinds of questions uh, about who is Jesus and what can he do for us, and um. But before Jesus raises Lazarus, we also have really an important, uh, I don't know if you want to call it, just human interaction between Jesus and Mary. Um, Mary is, of course, grieving. There are people around her are grieving. Jesus, Jesus himself is grieving. Though he knows he's going to raise Lazarus, Jesus is grieving and is deep, deeply troubled. The scripture says he's gr- moved in spirit. Um, and it, it also says the famous verse, Jesus wept. And, um, you know, people try to kind of take the emotion away from Jesus. And say, ah, well, he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't grieving the loss of Lazarus in any way because he knew Lazarus was going to raise again. I, I beg to differ. I think uh, even though I think he knew he was going to raise Lazarus, I think he was grieving um, the loss and pain for this family, as well as the greater situation of the reality of death in our human experience and yeah. the pain that we go through. Um, 
so it's it's quite a story. We see both Jesus's godness, uh, his divinity, and we see his humanness um, in this story. Um, it's a it's a powerful story. So yeah, I love the. I I know it's silly to say that you would maybe love a verse like John eleven thirty five, which is just that Jesus wept. But as you said, it really reveals his humanity. Um, and even in his divinity, it reveals his love, I think his deep love for, for those people uh, in that situation. And so I find it comforting that God, you know, Jesus, part, part of the Godhead, he loves, I think he loves us that much too, you know, and he cares about us uh, when we're in pain and when we're experiencing difficult situations like Mary and Martha were when they lost their brother. And I think that's really awesome. Uh, and so I, I don't think, I just, you know, I don't think we should overlook that. Uh, you know, some people might, like you were saying, make excuses. Oh, he wasn't really, I think he, I think he cared. I think he cared. And I think that's good news for us. We have a God who loves us and cares for us. And so don't. That would make a great big point for my sermon this week. Maybe I'll include that. I've already written my sermon, so you and you already know the points. But uh, yeah, you know, I think people ask big questions about it. You know, is there a God? And if we have a God, what kind of God? What is God like? And you know, do we have a God who's uncaring? Because there's a lot of difficulty in this world. There's death. There's evil. So do we have an uncaring God? Um, you know, do we have a God who just kind of sets the world in motion? but doesn't seem to know or interact do we have an unknowing god um uncaring and unknowing you could say those are kind of uh, related but we could have a choose a god who chooses not to know and not to care mm-hmm. uh, and then another question that people ask is well what if god knows but doesn't care or, or what if god cares but maybe maybe the christian god is just unable to help us in the situation we're in and so do you know these are questions real questions people have and i think you know friends and family that haven't trusted christ yet they're they're wondering you know this god you have does he really make a difference is he is he able to do anything about the the difficult powers in this world death and evil uh the pain in this world uh, and does he even care about it does he know does he know my pain and i think as we come to this story i i think the scriptures give us positive answers for all three of those types of questions he does care he does know he is able in fact he cares more than we realize really he cares more than we can conceive of he he knows far more than we can imagine um, and he can do more than we could ever dream possible for us so um so jesus really reveals to us the heart of god a caring god a knowing god and an able god and um and yet a god who with all his powers with all his knowledge with all his compassion chooses to humble himself and and experiences death himself um you know that's the god we have a servant god who who not only knows our predicament down here on earth but enters into our predicament um experiences death um even even death on a cross. Um, so I think this 
this is going to be a really encouraging message, a uh, really truth-filled message, and uh, a message for believers to be encouraged. So if you've heard it, you've heard the story before, don't skip it because you think, ah, I know the Lazarus story. We need to hear these stories again and again, but also there's there's hopefully a new word for you here today. And if, if you're uh, out there and miracles challenge you or you're you're seeking, you're not sure, or maybe somebody you know is seeking. This is an important message. This story is included in the Gospel of John because I think the Holy Spirit really convicted John that this story could cause people to believe, to trust in Jesus Christ. You know, John includes this story. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, for whatever reason, right. uh, reasons, chose not to. And I'm really convinced that it wasn't that they were against this story uh, but that John really believed that that God wanted him to include this story as a way to help people to see who Jesus was so that they could believe in him and have life in his name. So um, anyway, I looking forward to preaching this. Um, you mentioned Jesus wept. Do you have that verse memorized? John eleven thirty five. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> the. the uh, the, the trick question that I've been teaching the, my Bible studies this week, uh, what's the shortest verse in the New Testament? Um, it is not Jesus wept. Now, it, Jesus wept is the shortest English verse in yeah. most translations. Uh, but the shortest verse in the Greek New Testament is rejoice always. First um, Thessalonians... Five, six, 16? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. My friend Shar remembers that verse by saying karate pancakes, uh, which is a, which is an inside Bible study joke. It's a butchering of the Greek. Uh, uh, anyway, that doesn't matter. Karate pancakes. Rejoice always. How, how, do, you, um, how do you really say it? Uh, is it always first? I think always is actually first. Pantote. Uh, karete, uh, so karete uh, probably is the more closer pronunciation. So the word for joy and the word the word for always, um, but it's it's fourteen letters in the Greek as opposed to sixteen letters for uh, Jesus wept. The, uh, surprisingly, that the the word for weeping. And the Greek is a really long word and a really short word in English. And uh, and it's something like, as em, oh, I'm not going to say it right, embremis menti or something. It's like this long amalgamation type word that they have in Greek sometimes. And basically a, a release of emotions that involves tears. And, you know, in the English, we just have a simpler word for that. Um, and in the Greek, it's a little bit more complex word, but it, 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 you know, one translation I read is Jesus bald, uh, B A W L E D, you know, that, that this, um, and why people choose either weeping or crying. It's like, this is not just Jesus was sad. Um, uh, but that he actually had tears, um, is, is, is implied by the word, um, that's used. So, uh, and, and it, there's, um, in verse 38, it says, Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. So it's, it's possible like, we see these stages of, of emotion in Jesus, 
um, as he's going through this scene, as he as he's dealing and interacting with people. But then as he goes to the tomb itself, he's having waves of emotion. And just to think that the son of God experienced that, um, you know, he he experienced difficult emotion. Is he thinking about things deeper than you and I think about? Of course. But we shouldn't dehumanize him and just make him like into this guy who's only thinking about theological stuff. He's only thinking about the reality of sin and the depravity of mankind. And that's why he's weeping. Uh, well, yeah, but he's, he's also just, he's there in the moment as a human being with people who are hurting and he is hurt. Um, there's a lot of people, as I read about this text who come to this story and other stories and they make Jesus into some kind of theological doctrinal robot. Uh, we need to be careful not to do that. Uh, so yeah and and then miss out on the other things that jesus is a caring a knowing caring uh a knowing feeling god, feeling feeling god who loves you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with real tears man. working working tear ducts yeah you know yeah that's awesome yeah. cool it is awesome excellent so yeah and but then- i mean totally totally irrelevant to our life today where we don't we don't grieve or struggle but uh no you're right totally relevant and and we do grieve we do struggle i think there's a strain within christianity that sometimes tries to deny grief because we have the promise of everlasting life you know so just they you know that other verse we talked about rejoice always so they just say just jump to the joy you know so to speak but um romans 12 which you preached from last week says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn jesus says in matthew 5 blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted uh that part of the human experience is a is a true grieving um with the difficult things of this world grieving the sin the broken reality of this world the death in this world and then grieving with others who are grieving and we see jesus demonstrate that um jesus wasn't somebody who just because he knew he was going to defeat death laughed off death and said oh don't ever don't ever cry or you know and you sometimes see this in the christian community people who um try to tell grieving people or tell themselves that there's no need to grieve because we know he defeated death and we know there's heaven awaiting. Um, but part of the human experience here on earth is grief. Um, so we are not called to be grief deniers. Mm. And, and important in this time is that we, we enter into those difficult spaces with people who are grieving, uh, mourning with those who are mourning. Mm. Um, I am writing about this, or I just finished writing a big section about rejoicing and mourning in the spiritual growth uh, guide. And that is still coming. <laughs> it's a little bit deeper and longer, the second part of it. Um, and hopefully, maybe even out October, November. Um, I know we've pushed that off, but uh, I'm writing my final big section on Christian self care right now. But uh, part of Part of journeying here on earth is, is, is honestly grieving. And part of journeying here on earth is honestly rejoicing. And that's the human experience. So um, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's something to look forward to as well. So that's always nice to have it, something 
like that. Isn't it weird though that we don't get to hear the rejoicing in a story that they're a guy was raised from the dead. We hear about the grief, we hear about Jesus weeping. The end of the story, Lazarus comes out wrapped in grave clothes, and then story ends, sort right. of. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it just moves on to how that how his raising is going to impact Jesus's life, but we we don't hear like crowds rejoicing at the end of the story yeah it is it is kind of strange um to have that but um there is at least an element of in the beginning of the next story that there were people who saw that who believed it's it's not rejoicing but there is that some belief that came from that particular uh situation with Lazarus absolutely but it, but you it would is hope strange. so right you yeah, would hope so. yeah and you would think that they would be rejoicing they'd be like this is amazing and but I think also is- you're in the yeah. presence of something so sacred so powerful like yeah you know the- death was just defeated in front of my eyes I like I know this guy was dead I saw his dead body or I I helped wrap him in the shroud you know I uh and he's not dead I think you know, when you're in the presence of the holy, sometimes your heart may be rejoicing, but you're also just in this reverent fear and trembling. Um, not like afraid of a ghost fear, but just what happened in front of you was so powerful, so sacred that what is there to say? Yeah. Um, and 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 I think... <laughs> I think they don't try to describe it here except to say in that next line that obviously some believe in him. But I think, you know, I, I, I don't think you can just say, oh, you know, you, you got some guy standing there saying, well, that was pretty good. Another guy says, well, I think he could have could have done a little bit better with that miracle. You know, we're, <laughs> you, we seem almost so jaded in our culture that that maybe that's how we would react. Um, yeah. But I really wonder um, if you truly truly consider what happened in this story it's it should lead you to faith if you have eyes to see it um unless you're against jesus and then it's it's not going to lead you to faith but yeah anyway. well we're coming up against our time sievers yeah all right yeah you ready to sign off yeah i mean maybe next time we'll talk about community events and things going on and um lots lots of stuff going on yeah cool well uh if you guys are out there listening or watching and you want to join us for the sermon make sure you tune in on sundays Uh, you can come to the church at 9 or 11 we have in-person worship services you can also uh, join us online on facebook or youtube or if you can't make it this weekend you can catch the recording on either of those platforms or get the audio from our website at pollutionchurch.org. So lots of ways you can connect to the story and, uh, and, and, and hear the whole message that Pastor Corey has for us. And so we thank you for listening and watching. Of course, this has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our uh, Zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. And we hope you have a blessed week. We'll see you next time.